So my dad's drinking was the ultimate blessing in my life, even though it was terrible as a child. So my dad got sober and became my best friend. It was really cool. I watched my dad have two lives. I watched the first 40 years of his life. My dad was a good man, just like a lot of you are, but living a bad way. Drinking, running around, probably doing all the stuff that comes with doing that. And then he got sober and I watched him change his life. Except my dad's a humble man and I didn't know this. My dad's sobriety was interesting. Just gonna tell you this really quickly. My dad got sober ironically because he used to go to Hollywood to drink so my dad went to an AA meeting where it was all famous people but we lived two hours from there which was the hood so my dad would go to AA meetings in Hollywood with fame in fact my dad's sponsor in AA is a very famous actor and then my dad would come to the hood where we grew up and go to his AA meetings and so my dad ended up I didn't know this but my dad for years helped people get sober quietly two o'clock in the morning a text a lunch a breakfast anything you could ever do to just help another human being change their life I never knew it because he would never tell me didn't brag about it when my dad died he requested no funeral didn't want anybody talking about him plus it was covid but for years he didn't want one but my I got a call from the AA meeting my dad went to and the guy said we just like to honor your dad at a park there'll be like eight or ten of us there would you come I said no I'm not doing that my dad said no my wife said you should just go it's gonna be ten people I show up to this park hundreds of people showed up and they got up and said we're here today to honor Ed Milet it's my own name first dude walks up he says my name's Jerry 34 years ago Ed Milet changed my life I walked into a meeting I had no hope I thought I was gonna die this man grabs me and says hey let's have breakfast tomorrow morning and he tells his story next guy gets up big old Samoan dude said I was incarcerated for 15 years my best friend's Ed Milet he changed my life took every call calls me every day loves me cares about me next guy gets up very very famous actor Ed Milet changed my life I came to a meeting 17 years ago I can't tell you how many phone calls I get from him how many meetings we've had how many times he's driven to see me when I was gonna use again driven hours and hours one time he drove to Sacramento drove seven straight hours to see me because I thought I was gonna use he said I'll be there in a minute seven hours later my dad showed up and I watched this whole meeting of these people just parading through about how my dad changed their life and my dad had lung cancer and a really bad form of tumors wrapped all around his organs and so my dad fought this for like nine years and the last time he went into the hospital my dad finally called me and said I want you to come get me except he didn't talk like that my dad was down to about 10 breaths a minute so my dad's voice was my voice in fact if you called his phone number right now that voicemail still on there my dad's voice but my dad would talk like this in the hospital dad they'll give you another steroid shot you need to fight this again this is my dad's life for months now I'm gonna tell you what he said in my voice because it'll take too long he said, I'm gonna die in two days. I fought this for nine years. I did this for your mom, you and your sisters and the grandchildren. I'm gonna be gone in two days. I would like to die in my home with you and the sisters there. Come get me. I said, dad, he says, I'm serious. I called his doctor, he goes, I'd get him home. I get my dad home, he's in his living room. I was with my dad when he passed away, so were my sisters. An hour before my dad died, an hour before. So when you're dying this way, just so you know, they count your breaths. So my dad had gone from 50 breaths a minute to 20 to 10, some minutes five, some minutes three. Got to the point a couple hours before my dad died that he had a minute with no breaths. And so they took his pulse, he had no pulse, then he would breathe again for a minute. So it took a long time and my dad was really running out of breath. He was, he was basically suffocating to death. And uh, I tell you this because we thought he was gone and he came back and then he had a couple half hour windows of like 40 breaths a minute. His phone keeps ringing. He's got oxygen he goes, Debbie, who's calling me? And she says, it's 909-5, answer it. My dad's got two hours left, answer it. She says, no, I'm not answering it. He says, grab it. He knew who it was and he knew 
that was someone who needed him. And my mother handed him the phone on morphine, drooling, oxygen, pulls it out. You can. And I watched him for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. My dad talked this dude off the ledge and changed his life. Bernardo was the last speaker at that service I went to a week later. So in my dad's last minutes of his life, my dad was still changing people's lives, was still making a difference in the world. The reason I tell you that story is not to applaud for my dad. I tell you that story because who are you when no one's watching? Who are you when there's no incentive for you? My dad, there was no, my dad's getting any credit for that. He had no idea I was gonna tell this story. In fact, he'd be embarrassed if I did. Who are you when nobody's watching? What's the real difference you make in the world? See, the reason I know I talk like this, I've been at every economic level they Cause my father was rough, man. Let me tell you a story. I was in college. My father didn't help me. I got in real bad trouble one time. I called home, I said, Dad, I need some money. All right. So four days later, in the mail, an envelope came. It had two index cards so you couldn't see the money. When I opened it up, it had a note on the index card, and it was $5 bill. I pulled it out, saw the $5. The note said, this shit gonna have to stop. Four times. That's what the note said, though. I, you would lose effect if I did not read you what my daddy wrote. And my daddy did, so I think that's a free will. Just let me have it. That's how my father was. I'ma support you just enough keep him dying. This is enough to buy a sandwich and some water so you can live on to the next Christ. So I've been at the bar, been at every echo level. I know what it's like to thousand. So when I tell you what the hundred feel like, see, and enjoy the ride along the way. Quit waiting until you a millionaire to celebrate. There's joy in the journey. Listen to me. If you was making 50000 and you now make 100000 there should be a mini celebration in your life. When you go from 100000 to two fifty, there should be another mini celebration in your life. You got to buy some stuff to reward you along the way. There's joy in the journey. You don't have to wait till you're I want to be a billionaire. I really do. Because there's three black billionaires. Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, and Robert Smith. I didn't research it. No, I researched because that's where I want to go. Well, Steve, why you want to have a billion? Because they printing the money. There's joy in my, where I'm at right now. Oh, please understand I'm cool. But if I could get a billion, though. What, what did you miss? You thought motivation was the formula. Winners don't need motivation. Winners need discipline. Discipline's about getting it done because it needs to get done, not because I feel like it. Not because I'm motivated for it. You think Nelson Mandela was motivated to spend 27 years in prison? You think Martin Luther King was motivated to march across the states and proclaim freedom? If you think of people that change the world, they're not doing it because they're motivated. They're doing it because they made a commitment to do it and they disciplined to see it through. Discipline is far more important than motivation. Which is why you've got to be careful of the decisions you make. Because once you make that decision, you have to see that decision through. First we make the decisions, then the decisions make us. So you've got to be very careful of the decisions you make. Be very careful of the commitments you make. Motivation, I'm telling you now, is completely overrated. It's important, don't get me wrong. You know, we meet according to motivation, we feel good, rah-rah. But that'll fade. You need a stronger will and a deeper commitment to see things through. are built for a struggle and they're built for a weight and you want to take on a heavy burden voluntarily see if you can put yourself together see what you can do out in the world while you're waiting to die it's an all-in game it better be worthwhile and so there's a tight relationship between responsibility and aspiration and hierarchy
If you're new to the Impact Secret Podcast show, welcome to the family, to my existing family, big up. As always, thank you for joining. On this podcast show, we shift the mindset through inspiration, motivation, with a standing foundation of self-discipline. I am your respectful host, E.D. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, listen, that just simply means Ed. Now, pull up to the dinner table. I got some stories to tell. You know the motto, the slogan here that we live by. One of two slogans now in place, which is bet on yourself. You won't win unless you get in the game and play the quote of the decade for me in my eyes is this you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have by marley you know how we do it here family execution on disciplines and habits creates freedom one question and two thought-provoking statements first question what are you doing while nobody is watching again what are you doing while nobody is watching first thought-provoking statement sacrifices sacrifices okay you don't want to hear me say thought-provoking statement number two betting on yourself betting on yourself today's episode is entitled the price behind the scene the price behind the scene i don't know about you family but i'm excited let's jump into today's show you know family when i was uh doing my homework again as usual you know i always start off with this family when we we uh, you start off in one direction and then (laughs) you start going off into a whole totally different uh direction some people will call it like a rabbit hole in a sense where you know you thought you were gonna go you were gonna say this and do this and then all of a sudden something arrests your attention in which allows you to go down that direction and you're glad you go down that you, you went down that direction because it starts sparking conversations you have to yourself or start sparking lessons learned that you've, you've experienced, or you start remembering stories that you've been through. You see the price behind the scene reason why that is uh, really amazing to me because I, I I think about some of the sacrifices and some of the decisions that I had to make behind the scenes. You see, when I had made a decision to go to college, I ended up going to Grambling State University, University, GSU, GSU. So I went down to GSU, Grambling State University. I was super excited. I was like, this is going to be an amazing experience. And what they don't tell you um, about college is it, it requires money. What I mean by that is, is that yeah, the cat food was cool, but the snack, uh, the the snack. Um, thing that they had there like they built this whole little deal where you know it was just like an experience man and and I enjoyed it and so you wanted to go and experience that and then also if let's say you found somebody you you were interested in you're dating you you know of course you wanted to go on dates and and things of that nature well being a college student eating ramen noodles shout out to the shrimp flavor was one of my favorite flavors and you're going through this particular experience and it's like 
this was the very first time I left home per se. And when I say left home, meaning I literally, you know, being moving from, from the great state of Michigan city of Kalamazoo to be more exact in Flint, Michigan, because I had to decide, I was like, am I going to, you know, stay here in Kalamazoo or go, or, or go to Flint? Because I swear, you know, I was originally born and raised probably about three to five of, of my years. And then we moved, we had moved to uh, Kalamazoo where I spent the majority of my teens and some of my young adulthood. And so I was excited about like, I was like, man, you know, I don't know if I, you know, if I want to stay here and go to college or what. So I ended up going to Grambling state university, as I stated. And when you look at that whole um, experience, I remember calling my mom and saying, you know, Hey mom, uh, I need some money. <laughs> and it was funny because the first time it was cool. The second time it was cool. And then the third time, and the reason why I'm smiling and laughing at this is because I remember when she was like, uh, listen here. Uh, and it was just like, <laughs> like Steve Harvey had talked, he just talked about his dad and she was just like, look, um, I'm not going to be supporting that all the time. So you need to make a decision if you want to uh, stay down there. And if you want to stay down there, then you need to figure it out because this is costing more than uh, what we had discussed and what, you know, what basically what you were, what what the expectations were. So uh, I was like, okay, well, she was like, you're going to have to make a tough decision when you come back home to get a job and save up money. So, you know, if you if you want to go back there, then, you know, you'll have the money. I said, OK, cool. So uh, the semester had ended and I was you know, I was excited. It was the summertime and I left my things down there in storage on purpose because I had plans of coming back. Well, uh, when I went back home, I was just, you know, I, I was thinking and, 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 you know, when you're somebody, I didn't want to be a burden to my family, you know, my mother or my father or, or any of my siblings. And so I was just like, you know what, it, people started talking me into staying home and saying, Hey, you know, it makes sense. You'd be closer to home. So once you find a, a school closer to home where, you're not so far away and everything. So I said, all right, well, I will, I'll do it. So I ended up not even going back to Grambling, which I love Grambling State University. Shout out to Grambling. It was an amazing experience. Um, but the behind the scenes decision was extremely tough because while I was back home, the things that I don't want to say that I was trying to avoid, but um, just I, I didn't want, I just wanted something different. I wanted to grow and I, I didn't feel like I was going to be able to grow because I, I didn't stay in that tough decision. I didn't stay in uh, a decision that um, could eventually mold me. So anyway, I ended up and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the city of state. I could have been anywhere in the world. It was just, it was just a whole thing of being close to home that I had to break out of that. I had to break uh, the chain and, and, and set, you know, step out on my own. I had to make a tough decision. So I had another opportunity to get my get back, as I say, um, when the opportunity came up for me to move to Dallas and, when that opportunity came up, I I jumped on it 
And when I got here, everything that I thought that it was going to be, that's when um, the September 11th thing had happened. And, you know, the job market just froze up. I'm fresh out of college, you know, um, I got a, you know, got a degree. I'm excited. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a shoe in. This is going to work. And after, you know, a year, I think it was like a couple years of just, just frustrations of working, you know, family, I worked a job. Now keep in mind, I had a college degree and I'm not saying a college degree is the, you know, like, oh, I have a, I, you know, I have, since I have a college degree, I am better. No, no, no. I'm saying I followed the plan. They told me to follow, you know, go to school, get this degree. And it would open up so many doors for you. Family. One of my jobs when I moved down here to Dallas is that I was um, licking uh, stamps and putting them on envelopes. And do you know, how, oh man, whew, that was tough to even tell you. But I, I was so, I felt so humiliated. I was so frustrated. I was just like, I can't believe this. And it, it finally, it, it finally got to the point where I just said, you know, enough's enough. I'm done. I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, it was like jumping from a sales job to sales jobs to, you know, it, it was just jobs that I didn't envision that I was going to actually be working. I mean, I, it was a point where um, I was selling um, those, there's something called, I think it's the super book and going to businesses and asking them uh, to buy a super book to uh, what else did I do? Uh, it was a lot of different little small jobs that led up to me finally, you know, going into corporate America. But I was, I was just devastated. I, I said, I'm done. I called my mom and, you know, I never through that whole time. I think it was just one time I'd have asked her for money. But after that, I didn't want anything. I said, I have to figure this out. And it, that right there was extremely tough because I was watching the success of my best friend that he was having since since we had moved because we had moved down there together. And I was extremely proud of him. Um, and because I was proud of him, I was just like, I felt like I was a burden because of the fact I really wasn't having the success that I felt that I should have been having uh, for 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 completing what I thought what they said you needed to do was to go to college to get this four year degree to get in debt and be able to you did you peep what I just said there I said it real slick but you you can rewind it back if you if you miss what I just dropped there but get this degree and doors are open for you and all these amazing things and, you know, doves and, and everything will fly out. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point now and I'm just like, all right, call my mom and say, Hey, listen, you know what? It's time to come back home. I gave it a shot. You know, I've been down here. I don't know at, at that time it was maybe two or three years. I said, I'm just tired of, of, of the grind of jumping back and forth, you know, from jobs that really are not fulfilling that really are just uh, I mean the turnover rate was so high that I was like this is not for me I said I just have to come home and and start from scratch and figure it out and on my way to go get my U um to go to uh, go reserve my U-Haul I 
Um, and I told my mom, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I had already communicated to her. I was getting the U-Haul and I was on my way. You know, we set up a day and time and I was just going to drive back by myself. And I go on my way to driving to go get the U-Haul. I'm flipping through the channels, frustrated uh, for, through the radio channels. And I'm frustrated. And I'm like, I just felt like I just felt like I gave up. I felt like, you know, this it had reminded me all over again about me going to uh, college in Grambling and that I should have stayed. I should have, I should have, you know, found alternative ways to push through and, and make it work. And I said, um, I said, but Hey, it is what it is. And this is what it's going to be. And then that's when this pastor came on this pastor, he, uh, that Ricky Smiley had this thing where it was sort of like, I don't want to say power 15 minutes or five minutes or whatever, but he had this pastor that came on that would give a quick word and then, you know, for the day or whatever to get you started. And so this pastor goes and tells a story about how Muhammad Ali was in a fight and you know, he had got blood in his eyes and he was telling his trainer to throw in a towel. Let's end it. Long story short, the the trainer didn't throw in a towel and he ends up shocking the world, becomes a champion. And he correlated that or parallel that with life. He said a lot of times we are in difficult positions in life or challenging uh, spaces and we want to just, you know, give in fold down our tent and go home. He was like, but this is when the test starts. This is when the opportunity presents itself to be more than what you was called to be. It's up to you to pick up the phone. Will you answer? In so many words, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but the, the moral of what he was saying was, are you going to step up to the challenge or are you just going to give up and, and just call it quits? At that point, I pulled the car over. I called my mother and I said, I'm not coming home. I'm not going to go get this U-Haul. I'm going to figure this thing thing out one way or, or, or the other. And I share that story with you, family, is because I, I finally had made a decision to bet on myself. I bet on myself that I will figure this out. I bet on myself that, you know what? Yeah, I know it doesn't look what it looks like right now, but it it is is up to me to make the change. I can't change the people around me. I can't change the job situation. I can only change me and make myself a better person. And how do I make myself a better person? What are some of the things? So I started doing research that way. And a lot of times family and life, when you, it, when they, a lot of people don't understand the decisions that have to be made behind the scenes and the price that comes with it. Because when you make, when you finally make it up in your mind that, you know what, I'm giving it my all, you know what, I'm not giving up. This has to work. This is going to work. A lot, you know, you're, you're going to, you, you may lose some relationships. You may, you know, you may even become so obsessed that people may have concerns about you because they're like, you know, one. I mean, you you've tried. You you've done everything you could do, and you're like, no. There's I, I, there's one more thing. Let me let me do this. And I really believe that's what really separates a lot of people because when you now again, I do want to leave this caveat: is 
you have to understand when it's time to pivot and let something go, though, because if you if you if you get so obsessed and caught up in and in the in the actual prize and miss the whole purpose of you going after that prize, which is the journey to identify if this is this something you want to you know continue and pursue you will get lost and that has happened and and that's what really happened with me as far as you know the the journey I was on I had a second shot at it for me and I was like if I don't take this shot I'm going to regret it I'm going to regret if I go back home I'm going to regret that I didn't stay and make it work and that's why and, and and that's why I pivoted and said, you know what, look, I'm not um I'm not going back home. In the other case, when I was down in Gramlet, I made the decision because I thought it was the best thing to do. And I, I had the opportunity to learn from that experience and say, if I get this shot again, if I have an opportunity like this again, I won't, I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, have any regrets or or, or think, man, I, I should have stuck it out. And that's what you have to do, family. I Because if you if you don't focus on on where you're going, you allow people to distract you and take you where you don't want to go. Mm, I like that. See, when you when again, I'll say that again, if you don't focus on where you're going, you allow people to distract you and take you where you don't want to go. And I felt that I was distracted and I allow people to just, you know, to take me where I didn't want to go because they were like, oh, you know, you can come home. It's, you know, it's comfortable. You got friends, you got your family here and all of this. And it was comfortable. But when I went down to Grambling, I didn't know anybody it was uncomfortable when I came to Dallas. I only it was just, you know, my best friend and I and, and his family. So it was uncomfortable because I'm out here on my I was out at that time. I was out here on my own and I was just like it, it literally was like deja vu again of having to make that adjustment. And I was like, there is no turning my back now. I'm willing to pray to pay this price behind the scenes. So when people say to me, like, you know, how did you get here or, you know, what was the work you had to do? I was like, man, a lot of this work is, is, is really the mindset and really a lot of self-disciplines because there was a lot of things that I wanted to do of going out and seeing the city or make, or, or experiencing different things. But I couldn't because I was either, I was studying for, you know, either a test or I was learning, I was working on, you know, a sales, a, a sales skill set because I felt like in sales, is is a universal skill set due to the fact that you're always going to need to sell something. So I was like, well, let me learn this. And over time, I missed out on a lot and I lost a lot of friends along the way because of my my obsession is my um, me being obsessed with not wanting to feel that feeling that I felt when I was in the situation, the various situations that I was in. So I challenge you, family, to understand like, what sacrifices are you making? What, how, how, how many times have you really truly bet on yourself and trusted yourself and, and cut out the outside side noise? I think that's why courses and um, things are like that are so popular and uh, of that nature because, and I'm guilty of it too, is that we want people that want to get better or people um, are looking for, I don't want to say shortcuts because that wouldn't be the right thing, but 
um, being able to learn from other people's mistakes that allow you to have more success faster versus if you were doing it on your own. I mean, I, there have been some amazing courses. I know family, you know, I'm about to go on this rant again, but I have to, I have to say it because this is the only way I can tell you about the price that was paid. There's been courses I've invested in and I was so disappointed. It reminded me of like, have you ever, you know, you know, watching a movie trailer and you're like, oh, this movie is going to be amazing. Like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And then you watch the movie and the only part that was really dope or the only part that was really amazing was the actual scene that they cut from the trailer. And you like, you mean I sat down here for all this time because you're looking for it to get better and and nothing happens. And that's. And that's a, a, a reflection of uh, of life in sense of life in a sense when you are, you know, getting courses. And it, it frustrates me because it's like you have people out here that really want to learn, that really want to change not only their lives, but other people's lives around them, friends and family. And it's, it's just like you get a course and it's just garbage. It's just like, you know, you like, oh, you really, truly sold me the trailer of of your course and you and you're like why why did i even buy this and you can't get upset with yourself family you just have to get better at at making better decisions i know i do when it comes to get course because i'll buy a course because again i want to be i want to i want to be number one not number one in a sense of statistical i'm saying number one as being the number one best version of myself the number one best version of how I can be each and every day in it. And I think you have to surround yourself with uh, like-minded individuals so that they can push you and you can push them to be better each and every day. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of good quality courses, but when it comes to those trailer courses that sell you this imaginary dream, and then you get into the course and you like, Nah, I'm good on that. And then you say, well, let me get, can I get my money back? Well, you didn't complete 50% or 60%. I didn't need to complete 50 or 60% of the course because it, what you sold me wasn't the course. So I'll, I'll get off that ramp family. But what I'm, what I'm basically saying is there's a price involved whenever you go after your dream, whatever you go after your purpose, that sometimes you do need to sit down and reflect on and say, wow, I really paid a hefty price for this. I paid the price of sacrificing my time with family, sacrificing my time of of maybe wanting to go watch a movie, but I decided to go read a book or go research more or go hone um, my skill sets even more. There's a sacrifice that's required that has that is going to push you into an uncomfortable zone because each day that I get up here to have to do this, you know, five days a week versus doing what the majority are doing, it's uncomfortable because I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? And I never know. I've always, I keep telling you guys that family, I don't, I don't have the only thing I have. And, and I, I started doing some homework on, on speaking because again, my whole goal, like this is practice. I mean, literally, this is practice for me to become a better speaker. I want you guys to look up a year from now, two years from now and say, wow, I remember when he first started, I can go back 
and 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 listen to the the shows then and now until now and say wow he sounds really crisp he he sounds extremely well spoken and the message that he delivers is well crafted like that's that's the standard that I want to get to but to get there I got to go through a bunch of these so I'm trying to get a bunch of bad <laughs> you know um speaking opportunities out of my way meaning um delivering um guidance on how I deliver my message so I can get to the most powerful part of my message family. And you can only do that through training. So me sacrificing five days a week, getting up early, dropping this, dropping these jewels that I've learned either through reading or life experiences itself. Um, I, I just want to be the best family. So in order to do that, this is what I have to do. And I challenge you and ask you, what are you doing when nobody's watching? What are you really truly doing when nobody's watching? You say that you want to be, you know, uh, better at whatever that particular thing that you chose to be, that you identify with of wanting to be better at. But what are you doing? What actionable steps that are that you're doing? And just don't say, well, I'm going to read a book and that's the actionable step. That's great that you're reading, but are you taking that information that you're reading and applying it to the craft that you want to be at? If you're a chef, are you are you taking some of the new recipes that you're learning and and finding ways to customize them your your way and provide finding what value is missing and what other chefs are providing is there a customer service piece or you know is there a delivery a piece or what is the piece that will will set you apart and that's that was something too family i was looking at where and i was saying when i got into this because some of the people that inspire me i was like man it's tough because i was like you know i'm i'm caught in between like a les brown and an eric thomas and you know walter bond and uh some of these great speakers and I'm like where do because I don't you know where do I I fit in and I heard something today where it's just like was was amazing during my uh my, my exercise my workout and and I don't even know who said who he is or what he said but it was amazing he was just like more or less that you first you first basically you copy someone in a sense like almost like you're mirroring what they're doing and how they're speaking as you're on your way to find out who you are. And I thought about that in a sense too, when Michael Jordan was, you know, was in the league and when other people that came behind him or was, or, or at the same time, they were like, Oh, this is the next Michael Jordan. Oh, this is the next Michael Jordan. And so I've been in a process of studying people that were able to break out of that mold of this is the next Michael Jordan. How did they break out that mold and still have the success that they had? I mean, you look at a, a Kobe Bryant, they would, you know, they would compare and, Oh yeah. Another thing. And, and what would be unique is, is that when they would say, Oh, this is the next Michael Jordan, they didn't live up to be like the next Michael Jordan, because that is a lot of pressure. I, in my opinion, um, I think I think you can do it, but it's it requires a commitment. It requires a self-discipline. But and they would say, oh, this is the next Michael Jordan. And they wouldn't be the next Michael Jordan. They would be who they are. And um, the closest one to being the next Michael Jordan was a Kobe Bryant. And, but what, what I realized what he had was he had the work ethic. 
he had the he had he understood that yeah i'm talented yeah i have a lot of talented gifts but i have to hone the skill set each and every day and because if i don't i won't be able to compete on the level that i know i'm destined and destined to be so family i say all that to say this is that when you do make a decision that there's something you want to go after Understand that the price behind the scenes is something that is non-negotiable. This is you're not going to be able to negotiate what you know once you make that decision of the commitment that's going to be required, the self-discipline that's going to be required. As I, 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 you know, I put in here, and I probably shocked some people about when this guy was on the audio talking about you know, motivation and inspiration. I did that on purpose because we even say at the top of the show, we say, you know, more or less uh, about inspiration and and motivation, but the standing foundation is, is self-discipline. So I'll leave you with that today, family. I'll talk longer than I I thought I was going to make it like a 20 minute, 10, 15 minute conversation. But I don't know. I just got going and just thinking about a lot of things and it just started flowing. So I hope there was something that you learned out of here. I hope that it's something that impacted you in a way or, or, or changed your way of thinking or challenged basically your way of thinking. And now it's forcing you to go do some additional research to figure out how can I be a better version of myself? And I'm not talking about being perfect because, boy, I'm super far from that but what i what i do do is each day i find a way to get better each day that god gives me an opportunity to wake up i do find something that i can either read or i can listen to to get me an inch closer and all i can do is, is all i can do is inch by inch and hopefully prayerfully with actions and not with just hope alone that this works out for me at the end. I've been your I've been your respectful host, E D, and this has been another Impact Secret Podcast show. Peace.